0: This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. So this is the next in our series of podcasts where we're focusing on the theme of economic development is more important than ever. And today I'm joined with Tim Eckerly, who is the executive director of the Grant County Economic Growth Council. And Michaela Marazzi, uh, the Director of Marketing and communications. So, Tim and Michaela, thank you very much for being with me. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, I'll start with the fact that on, on a couple of previous podcasts that we did on this theme, um, uh, some of your peers around the state credited Grant County for being one of the first uh, to launch a local um, fund for small businesses and uh, that, that you were kind of the model. So talk about um, your, your COVID-19 loan fund. Um, where did that idea come from for you to to do something that was purely local?
1: Well, in 2004, we were very fortunate to receive a grant from the U.S. Department of Agricultural and Rural Development Agency that allowed us to establish a loan fund. So obviously, established in 2004, we, you know, we've helped quite a few businesses with that. And we had a a substantial nest egg, if you will, um, and we, quite frankly, internally as a team, realized that these were going to be very trying times. And we've helped a number of small businesses launch in the last few years. Our last year was, I think, a phenomenal number for us. And we knew um, that they're uh, they're really not positioned to struck, uh this you know, suffice or survive um, being closed for two months. So we. we Thought about it uh, internally, with uh, the help of our officer corps, uh, the team came up with a solution and turned it over to Michaela, and she made it happen.
0: So, Michaela, then what what was the structure of this particular fund? Obviously, it was different than what what was originally formed in two thousand four, uh, because you were responding to something much different. So, how was it structured this time, uh, and and who did you target?
2: Yeah, so specifically, we were concerned about businesses that might not be eligible or have access to the SBA loan fund, because a lot of the, the SBA funding has to do with your relationship to your bank, and there's certain, you, you have to know who to work, work with, and knowing some of the businesses in our community might not be able to get approved for that funding, we were concerned about where they might be able to get some some funding to make them through these couple months of severe revenue loss. So. We specifically structured um, our loan fund so businesses can apply for up to $7,500 and they must have less than 30 employees, be operating in Grant County, and we kind of made the rule that they couldn't be a franchise or a nonprofit, and they must show profitability um, in the year 2020. Um, and we structured it in a very flexible way. So for the first six months, there's no payment at all. And then that. The next six months are interest-only payments, and our interest li- rate is 3%, so it's extremely low. And then there'll be full repayment by month 24. So it's very flexible and basically designed to really help our businesses offset their revenue losses right now to maybe pay immediate bills, retain employees the best they can. Okay,
0: so then uh, what kind of response have you had? What, what kinds of companies uh, were able to take advantage of this?
2: Yeah, so we released the first round in March, and we had a really overwhelming interest. We had, I believe it was 24 applicants, and we ended up approving eight for funding in the first round, and those businesses ranged from restaurateurs, retail, and we also had a few small manufacturing sprinkled in there, and we are just in the process of process of doing our second round right now and we have I think nine businesses that are currently being reviewed and we'll see how many are approved for funding and then we're looking at doing a third round this summer.
0: So did all of that funding come from sort of your original source or have you been able to add uh, funding to that original loan pool?
2: Yeah, we actually had our um, Grant County Conventioners and Visitors Bureau that was able to contribute 20000 and become a partner in the Revolving Loan Fund. And so they're especially interested in helping out re- retail and restaurants and just businesses that are really important to our quality of life in the community. And we are also, we've applied for a few federal grants to increase the capacity of our of our loan fund as well, because the need has just been so overwhelming.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that's been one of the issues that everyone has had to deal with is just how uh, expansive this this situation has been, and how many different kinds of companies have taken taken uh, have been affected by this. So I think one of the things uh, you you touched upon this, and uh, I think one thing that perhaps. Um, makes Grant County uh, unique in some ways is the the sort of business or industry mix that you have, um, and so you touched upon manufacturing, Michaela. Um, how so? Between you and Tim, how has manufacturing? You know, because it's such a it's such a vital part of certainly the Indiana economy, and it's obviously a big part of what happens in Grant County. How how has manufacturing in Grant County been affected by all of this?
2: Well, I mean, I'll start by saying that we have seen our local manufacturers step up in really amazing ways during this crisis. Um, some of our manufacturers have re um, like they've been able to pivot towards producing PPE equipment, and they've been able to be really supportive of our First-line workers and our, our, our local hospital, and they've just been so willing to help and lend their knowledge and assets, their their equipment to these ways and whatever and whatever possible. So we've really seen um, some of our main industries stand up as exemplary businesses in this time. So that's good.
0: Uh, when I was looking at your website in preparation for this, one of the things that I noticed that as you had your COVID 19 resource uh, page, um, you listed, which I would have expected, resources for employers, but you also had resources for employees. Um, so I think one of the things that will be most astounding as we kind of come out on the back end of this. Is we all started uh, this with an unemployment rate of, in many cases, two to three percent. The last time we saw uh, an unemployment rate published, it, we uh, nationally at least it was approaching fifteen percent. So, what kinds of things have you been able to target toward employees, and is that sort of a new focus for for uh, for you guys?
2: I mean, talent talent attraction and retention is you know, obviously infinitely important to economic developers. And, you know, we see this time is no different in making sure that our talent pool in Grant County is having access to the job market. And for those individuals who have been laid off or furloughed and are looking for ways to just make it through the next couple months, we see that as a really important tool to getting our community and economy back on track as a whole. And so I think we're kind of just listing some of those resources for employees came from was just recognizing that, you know, these employees are people that are being equally affected in this crisis. And, you know, if Grant County is going to be able to get back on track, making sure that all our you know talent pool in Grant County has access to the resources they need, you know, that's really important. So one of those things is we've created a workforce recovery page. And so just making sure that our employees our employees have access to that page and know the companies that have either increased their hiring or are now hiring, you know, maybe they got laid off one of their other jobs, but maybe there's ways for them to jump back into the workforce and just making sure that they have access to all the unemployment benefits that are coming out right now. There's tons of resources from other nonprofits in our community, just people who are doing really wonderful things uh, to, to provide PPE equipment, to provide, you know, Food, pantry services, um, just anything for families in need right now. So I would say that we, as the Growth Council, has often served as a connection point um, for providing resources and being a, um, a, a good communicator of what's happening in our community to our our local residents and local employers. So um, I just think we have a we have a platform and so being able to share the resources that are available to our community right now in any way we can um, is, is really important. So that's where that came out of. You know, Lee,
1: I was struck. You know, I don't remember an incident. Of course, this is obviously my first pandemic, but I've never remembered an incident that had so much information and opportunities to drop on a community, a business community, or residents uh, in our history. So, it, and our growth council has always been that conduit. So, it only became natural that we would also take care of those employees uh, that were we, because they're our, our they're our neighbors. I mean, we we celebrate. Our neighbors who you know drive to Kokomo to work for General Motors as they make uh, ventilators. Uh, you know, there's a great number of men. Many of the managers are out of the Marion uh, um, General Motors facility now. Soon to be coming back as they begin production on uh, next week. So uh, it's, you know it's it was just a natural. We did, we didn't sit down and say no, we're not going to do this because we didn't do it in the past. This was an opportunity for the Growth Council. Demonstrates worth. Demonstrates its relevance. And continue to you know facilitate the growth of our community and i think that's that's important
0: and i think that uh, some of your again your peers around the state are going to be mo- modeling some of that because what i'm hearing is that, and, and it's i guess fortunately or unfortunately it's the first pandemic for almost all of us and so we're feeling our way through this but certainly i think communities and and some of the stakeholders Um, in the communities are finding that they're having to connect in sort of new and unique ways with a lot of resources or a lot of other organizations in their communities that they maybe haven't had to talk to in the past. So if you've been that conduit um, and you've been part of that connector in the community, uh, what advice do you offer to your peers who maybe haven't had a lot of experience doing that in the past of reaching outside of that traditional economic development platform that now find that they they need to be communicating with their united way or their community foundation uh other entities in the community that they maybe really haven't connected with in the past
1: well first of all we, we did not set forth to have this plan uh, you know what we basically did or have done is basically um have people ask us to do something or ask pose a question and we go find a um an answer, and we realizing that that question is not unique unto that one firm or that one individual. And so we kind of realize everybody needs to be kind of at the table. Luckily, technology allows for a relatively painless way to do this through things like Zoom or go to meeting, and it's, um, and it's become accepted. I think there's always been a reluctance, I know, in the past of people wanting to do things electronically, uh, you know, especially with the nature of this, I mean, conference, no one ever speaks well of conference calls, and, but I think Zoom has received this kind of where people not at least tolerate it, and so I think that they see that as a, a valuable tool of reaching to some areas that we weren't, they weren't reaching out. And now also, again, we're receiving questions we've never had before. Well, like what? Oh, mental health issues, anxiety levels. I had a company ask me, so who does deep cleaning? Did you have an answer for that? Yes, I did, <laughs> did we, we do a, a weekly call that that is as a, not something we set up. I think oftentimes we try to be leaders and to, and say here's our vision of way things are going to go, but our employers in the hospital and the uh, emergency medical folks uh, asked us to host a weekly call, and where and they basically start asking questions and sharing things, and we're responding to it. I mean, it's. We, we, I didn't think we, you know, again when we had the the deep clean question, within minutes I was I had an answered by just dropped a simple email, and everybody everybody's taken it upon themselves to help. We had one company saying, "Hey, I ordered uh, thermometers, and last I checked, they're in New Jersey," and another company said, "Hey, we have three extra. Do you want to borrow ours?" So I th- so so that
0: means that you've been again sort of that that hub and sort of facilitating all of that, um, and that again I do think as as I see. Uh, sort of the profile of the Growth Council. I mean, I think you've been a leader in really sort of seeing, uh, looking at economic development a little more holistically, perhaps. So as you think about, we've had such a radical change in so many things in just 60 days. Um, What we were talking about in economic development 60 days ago um, may 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 or may not be relevant, as we as we sort of think post COVID, how do you think your jobs between the two of you as, as economic developers are going to be different on the backside of this? What are you gonna be doing differently than what you were doing before all of this came about?
1: I think first, from my perspective, we're gonna to have, to we're, we're to have to relearn where we're at and what our community is. I think there have been some fundamental changes Uh, Certainly in terms of, um, you know, employee base and that, um, I think people have learned about uh, the very nature of work has changed dramatically.
0: So what do you think that is? What do you think that nature of work, how is that going to be different?
1: Well, I think that um, you'll see, I think you're going to see a thinning of the herd. I don't know if the herd's an appropriate word. I I think companies, and I've talked to a number of them, have actually seen this, that they may have found that they, in terms of management, may have been overstaffed. They're looking at the way they're doing things differently. Um, so I think that there's, I think you're going to see a fundamental reassessment of, of the nature of way, of the way they do things.
0: So in terms of, though, know, from a purely economic development standpoint, uh, you know, we, uh, some communities prior to all of this, when we had a, a workforce shortage, were really not thinking about uh, really focusing heavily on attracting business um you know they were focusing much more on trying to figure out how we attract people you know will that change uh will you will we be back to a more traditional model of just trying to attract jobs because we have now perhaps excess capacity um and you know will that shift away or toward business retention where will that go
1: so that was too many questions all at once pick one uh, I think uh, my, our first focus, Michaela, my first, first focus is retention, and, and by and equal to that is going to be talent attraction. Um, people are going to still need to attract talent if they're going to survive in today's world. I mean, the unfortunate thing is, if you look at the numbers, um, I saw a statistic today that forty percent of the of the people making below, I think it was thirty five thousand dollars in a household lost their jobs. I don't, you know, I think that the, the pain is not going to be universal. It's, well, it's universal everywhere around. It's not gonna be equally felt. And so I think the unfortunate thing is we're gonna have people that are gonna be feeling the most pain are gonna need the most training and the most, you know, help. So how does your message
0: change then as you are communicating uh, uh, to, to your employers in Grant County? Um, what kinds of things, as we emerge from this, what, what are you going to be saying to them? Uh, what do you see sort of the next phase of your activities uh, going to be as you sort of, as we go into whatever phase two or phase three, um, uh, what's your next set of messages to your employers?
2: I would say one thing that we're focused on is that recovery piece. And so educating our employers on, on what does it look like to, to get back and reopen what do you need to know what are the new protocols that need to be put into place we're currently looking at how to connect our local businesses with PPE equipment um, especially PPE equipment that's being locally produced um, so that they'll have the necessary equipment that they need to reopen their businesses um, obviously there's a lot of information out there as to you know, what kind of capacity you can operate at, what sort of protocols need to be put in place. And so there's just going to be a lot of reshifting in terms of that happening. So I just providing the education and I think something, again, we do good job at is sharing best practices and connecting um, those in our community who are struggling through the same employees who are struggling with the same things. So I think we'll make sure to highlight things that people are doing, how to enhance their practices, and still continuing to be that conduit. And that's what I kind of see as the next phase. But especially as we look towards the third round of the COVID-19 loan fund, um, there are going to be some businesses that, you know, four months from now realize that they're in a more difficult place than they thought. And so then they might need access to our, our loan pool. And so that's something we anticipate being a big part of what we do this summer.
0: I appreciate you guys, I think, are, are always leaders in terms of thinking about uh, what comes next. And I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate your time. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to make sure that you talked about today? I think that,
1: there, that what, that's not you asked. I think, I, I think the, one of the reasons we're able to do what we do here uh, is the fact we have a board of directors who are really promoting us to lead and promoting us to do things, uh, and also having people like Michaela join your team where you have someone who basically says, so why do we do it this way? And, I mean, it's, there needs to be a, a, almost like a daily fundamental reassessment of how you're doing things. Because as I found in my past, from my past experiences, the world has changed dramatically and it's continued to change dramatically. And we have to constantly be aware of those changes Those and the opportunities to it presents itself.
2: Yeah. Um, I would also say that something we're going to be looking forward at is as some businesses are going to be looking at, you know, I've heard projections about um, moving out of urban centers and looking at more cost-effective communities to relocate in, just making sure that as Grant County, we are well-positioned in terms of having our due diligence with properties that are available and understanding our workforce capacity so that when opportunities do come about and there is relocation that businesses are looking at, that we are well-prepared and to, to accommodate that because that might be something that will come up in the in the next year or two as, as things shift and people are looking towards more cost-effective communities to operate in.
0: And I think we've talked on some other uh, sessions about what a, <laughs> how, the f- focus on health has become such an interesting driver in terms of um, how people are going to be making decisions, whether it's uh, businesses looking at expanding and looking at health capacity within a community, uh, whether it's just again businesses themselves having to understand their sort of their own internal capacity for accommodating a healthy workplace. I mean, I think that is a a conversation that that you've raised a couple of times but that certainly um was not very much on the radar screen you know 60 90 days ago that suddenly now has
1: become i mean very prominent i think what you you touched on a really interesting point there lee it's not just a health concern but it's what local asset can make that concern i think that there's a greater awareness of they need to have local access
0: yeah, and I think that, uh, I think that is what's been driven home, uh, is local access, is local capacity, uh, and I think it's uh, yet to be seen, but we're starting to hear at least some initial comments from the site selectors that that may be sort of a new criteria that gets put into the mix as companies are looking at uh, relocating or expanding, and, and that is being part of their criteria.
1: I've always remembered, whether working with Mike Mullis or uh, the old McCall and Sweeney guys, the hospital conversation was always there. So it may receive a higher, we may be more aware of it now because of this, but it has always been a component. I mean, the good side consultants are always looking for what whole community am I recommending to my client.
0: I appreciate your time today. Anything else that you, you want to cover before we close?
2: Um, I was going to mention one other program that we've been able to roll out in the last couple of weeks, and that is our gift card of thanks program. And so we've been able to partner with our United Way local chamber and community foundation to essentially purchase gift cards from some of our local businesses and use those gift cards to thank different businesses that have been really important during this time so that would be care homes frontline workers also essential employers and we're continuing to do um, a third round of that we've had some of that money has come from our our foundation and our united way um, and us but it's also come from just lots of people in our local business community our local community who really want to give back and so it's just kind of a win-win we get to thank people in our thank businesses in our community that have been essential during this time and help those businesses that have really had severe revenue losses by purchasing gift cards from them.
0: I think that's a great idea. And I love the idea that it was collaborative uh, with the chamber, uh, the community foundation, United Way. Uh, Again, you know, we've been working with coalition, our statewide coalition that touches on Uh, sort of the statewide associations for all of those groups and more and you really just highlight how important all those collaborations are going to be as we try to get through recovery. I want to thank you both uh, for your time this has been uh, this has been very enlightening and I appreciate your time. Um, well, I've been talking today to Tim Eckerley, the Executive Director of the Grant County Economic Growth Council, and Michaela Marazzi, uh, the Director of Marketing and Communications. Tim and Michaela, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content in this podcast is copyright 2020 by the Indiana Economic Development Association and all rights are reserved.